0: Hello, I'm Colin Green and you are listening to Spike Pit. I have been playing a bunch of board games recently and it's something I've been wanting to talk about, really into them again and I attribute this to the fact that my son, now that he's working, he's able to, you know, kind of buy a bit more stuff for himself and He's, he's uh, getting into the, the board games and the big change is the fact that because he's so keen, he's doing a load of research, he's getting games, he's learning them and then he's looking for players and I'm able to spend some time with family, help help him out, get his games to the table, encourage him in the hobby and it's just worked out really well doesn't help my shelf of shame however but uh, and whilst I I I caution him against going silly with it i uh, I do think there's worse things that you can spend your money on truth be told uh, especially for um, a young man just coming up for 19. He, he could go a little bit crazy, and I, I'm quite happy that he still wants to hang out with his dad and play some games, especially two-player games. And I'm, I I, uh, I like a game like a party game where a bunch of folk get together. But there's something about a two-player game that I particularly enjoy, and I think there's a certain immediacy and simplicity to it because. You either want to play or you don't want to play. You've only got one other person to kind of convince. It's like, should we play this? Uh, no, I don't really want to play that. Should we play this? Yeah, let's play that. Whereas as soon as you get a few more people, you might have a couple of people that are, are really keen on it. And This is stating the obvious. And then you've got someone who's a bit meh. And you can you can mess about for a bit trying to decide what game to play. And with him being my son, I don't know, I feel like we have got some similar tastes. He's kind of grown up playing games. And yeah, it, it's interesting. We <laughs> we went out for a meal the other day and totally... Um, I, I was totally oblivious to what he was ordering. And we had gone out for some Indian food. And we'd both unknowingly ordered peshwari naan to accompany the meal. We'd both ordered mushroom rice, and I can't I can't remember what else we had. But there was this this strange likeness that um, made me chuckle to myself a little bit. Um, so I now wonder, you know, is that a learned behaviour? None of my other family are making those choices, or is there just something? Genetic going on, and I guess probably the answer is a bit of both. However, I digress. But talking about taste, it is relevant. We both really enjoy Ticket to Ride. For me, that is a perennial favourite. He picked out the uh, he's picked up the France board. A bit of a a bit of a tricky one. It's got some real kind of cutthroat moments and it is also picked up um the the classic europe box set one i I never owned i always had north america um and i yeah i just like well i I love the game i love the game really i like the fact that it's got all these different boards And it's one of those expansions... They're the type of expansion where the game doesn't really get bloated. You're just getting more of the same kind of thing that you already like but just giving you some more options. The game doesn't get big and bloated. You can have a a fairly ridiculous amount of stuff for ticket to ride at this point in terms of maps. Uh, So alternate boards for those that are not really familiar with it. And you're building routes with trains across different maps and it's a card hand management set collection type of thing. Um, Just nicely produced, colourful, each time they do a new map there's a little bit of a different spin on it but not too much that it really throws you off. Just I feel like it's a great design. He's also ordered, and we haven't played it yet, um, Love Letter. Sergei Kanai, I believe, I think, is the designer. And the thing about this, he, he's, he's ordered... but So there's it's one of these games where you get a load of different IPs. They, keep, they kind of keep reinventing the wheel, slapping another pasted-on theme onto the original game. And... Generally, I'm not a huge fan. My, my favourite is the Kenai Factory Edition, which is sort of like the, the OG version, if you like. But I've got to say, the, the Star Wars one, Jabba's Palace, just for someone who likes Star Wars uh, and the IP, it is just... I think it's a, I think it's a, a perfect theme for the game and he told me he'd ordered it, and I I looked at some of the the card art and the whole idea of it, and I thought, you know what? That's quite cool. That is actually quite cool. And uh, (laughs) cash grab and everything else, all the things I don't like, but I can't help thinking, oh, I'll actually look forward to seeing that. They did a similar thing with The Hobbit and it it was nice enough but i've moved it on aeg games this is what we're talking about i've moved on my hobbit edition it it was um sort of photographs from the the movie i seem to remember like film stills um and i i don't i don't i've never really i've never really been into that I, I prefer them to, like, reinterpret scenes or characters as actual, like, pieces of art. Often when, when they're images from the films, I don't know, it, it just they're just a bit dark and... I don't know, I don't know. And I'm not sure the theme totally worked with The Hobbit, the way, the kind of characters they chose to represent the different cards... Um, it was okay, but a bit, a bit meh. I weren't, I weren't impressed enough to hang on with it. That's that's very mediocre. Not not bad, but not particularly noteworthy, in my opinion. Even for me, uh, a f- a fan of Tolkien, and yeah, yeah. I also like a tile laying games, and he. Another classic is Carcassonne, it's a tile laying game. You, you pull tiles out of a bag, blind draw or or uh, face-down stacks, depending on how you want to play, and you're just placing them, trying to link roads, build little settlements, make farms, and you you're free, you're all contributing to one large map, placing these tiles. And depending on how they're placed, there's a little bit of set collection in terms of resources. And it's a nice, light game, a popular game. People actually kind of compete at tournaments at Carcassonne. But this game just rolls along nicely. It, it's been out for a good for a lot of years and um, has, over its history, brought out numerous expansions some admittedly better than others but he picked up the whole uh, they did like a big box collection that was all the expansions they're, they're not massive they're just a few extra tiles a little spin on the rules in a similar vein to Ticket to Ride however with this one I feel you can get a little bit of blow if you try and bring it all together because there's, I I think I'm right in saying 11 or 12 smallish expansions. Uh, if you try and do all that, mm, I well, I, I wouldn't, I never have done and it's my opinion that, that it would just be way too much. Another tile laying game and I can't for the life of me think who the designer or the publisher is it's a new game he picked it up at UK Games Expo bought it from the designer and this is a game called Acropolis it's a tile laying game like I say each of the tiles is um, three hexagons put together to make a kind of a tessellation of hexagons, and they each each of these hexagons is one of I think four or maybe five colours, and you are once again tile laying on a a, a group map. Uh, the the tiles all tessellate together, and you are. Shaping, no, it's not a group map. No, it's not a group map. You're working on your own map in this one, and you're what you're trying to do you're trying to build a map to a certain set of rules where you are in one color, maybe trying to get hexagons to clump together. So there'll be a condition for scoring this hexagon and you score your largest score of that colour. So maybe you need to get all your uh, yellows together, for example, and then you've got greens. Maybe you need to get all your greens onto the edge of the board. Maybe the um, purple, I I think, had to be... mm, What was the condition for the purple? I don't know. Each colour has a condition associated with it. But what I liked about it was there is a resource. There's a stone resource, like a quarry, that crops up on some of the tiles. And it's kind of like an auction. Your tiles are laid out in a common pool and you're taking turns to select and place your tile. And the further up the the row you go, the more of this... Sort of stone resource that you have to put on, or you have to pay to um, have a wider selection. Otherwise, you can take the one at the bottom of the queue for free. Anyway, it's called Acropolis because you can stack, you stack your tiles, and each t- each time you build another level up on your map, you're kind of doubling. The value of the tiles that you're placing. Um, very hard to explain this type of game, but it's once again I like a tile land game, and it the, the game just flows along really nicely. And I find something satisfying about building a map, it sort of almost comes to life. You know, you're populating it in your head and you're building up these layers. And the the score's going up and up. And what happens is when you play with people that haven't played before, they just kind of try and lay it all out and and plan it on the flat and they don't want to cover anything up. But the fact is you have to to sacrifice some of what you've already built to start building up on your layers to get multipliers onto your scores. And I find the game just has some really nice... um, choices that you're faced with, like these little dilemmas, they're not massive calculations that you need to make in your head, but they're just nice little choices that, that I think, it, that's what I enjoy in a game, having to make awkward choices and... It's the, the strategy and the tactics involved with those, with those choices. And I think that's where the game is in some of these. Well, um, that is three games that I've been playing. There are more. I have had a bit of a long week in teaching. We have had the government inspectors in. They are Ofsted. Folks in the UK will be familiar with who Ofsted are and what they do, but in, in brief, they come to schools and make a pronouncement on the quality of that school, how, how they rate the, the standard of education that p- pupils are getting, in simple terms. It's not quite as simple as that. And um, as you can imagine, this can be make or break for a school it can have like huge financial implications in terms of people that want to send their children to the school it can affect staffing you know if you get a, a bad report things can things can go south very quickly indeed so everybody's stressed everybody's tired trying to get their preparations and even in a good school um, i believe I'm working in a good school uh, but it's a new school. they're untested. this is the first Ofsted, so you can imagine all the middle leadership the head teachers and senior leadership are all up tight um, pulling together it has to be said but yeah it's it's been it's been a thing. one more day of it tomorrow. it's a two-day inspection then it's the weekend and I, I get to chill out. So I hope this episode finds you well. Big thanks to the patrons over on the Spike Pit Patreon, and, of course, a big thanks to you, the listener, for taking a bit of time out of your day to listen to old Spike Pit. Take care, and I'll catch you later.